0: You're listening
1: to... Whoa! Hot luck! Hot luck! And hey everyone, welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. It is episode 65 for Thursday, July the 22nd, 2021. My name is Marvin Yue, and joining me as always to talk about all the good pop that gets through our days, we have professional culture editor Han Win. Hey Han. How's it Hello. Going? Happy day before the Olympics. Are you excited for the, uh, the? I know it's it's a loaded question to be excited for the Olympics because it's like, should we really be having the Olympics right now? But I'm also looking forward to this opening ceremony that's been delayed for over a year, right? Because it's Japan, so they're probably going to do something crazy, right?
0: Yeah, but it, it like you're saying, it's kind of like, should we be excited or should <laughs> we morally and ethically be like opposed to it? Oh. And And for me, I'm just like, look, Whatever my feelings are about it, it's going to happen without me anyway. So I was like, I might as well just see what everyone's talking about and and, and, and hopefully celebrate what good comes out of it. Um, but yeah, also the opening ceremony is going to take place at like 3 a.m. overnight. So I guess I'm going to watch it on Friday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll watch it in fake real time slash primetime with the rest of America.
0: I mean, I'm very happy. I have Peacock because that will help me catch up on things. Because I, you know what, I'm I'm old. I don't want to watch things online. So
1: I was talking to my friend who lives in Osaka, and she was saying that like she had tickets for the Olympic events, but I guess they're not accepting. They're not doing audiences now, right? Because of COVID.
0: Well, it's not. Um, most of them do not have spectators. However, there are limited capacity events. Mm. Um, so there are people who have spent money to uh, <laughs> attend those. I'm very curious. Um, when you talk to your friend, how how that actually turns out?
1: Well, I think her event got like got canceled, oh, and she can't canceled? return her tickets. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, because yeah. there's some
0: s- Japanese super fan who spent uh, like hundred, two hundred thousand dollars, I think, on tickets. I'm not sure what that means for him now, but uh, maybe he still got those tickets if they are the limited cap capacity ones.
1: Yeah. As you can hear, our third seat, um, the self-proclaimed professional Asian American, You is not with us. She is off um, gallivanting around the Hawaiian Islands. So. Marvin,
0: why has she gone on two vacations and 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 missed out on this? Whereas neither of us have done vacations; <laughs> we're just stuck here.
1: You want the? <laughs> do you want the? Um, do you oh. want the real reason? It's because we're both old, <laughs> and she's young. We're sad.
0: <laughs> But yeah, I mean, happy for Jess, more of just envious.
1: Yeah. One of these days, one of these days we'll travel again. Uh, but I don't it looks like shit's going I'm not to not not to always bring it back to everything's fucked, but oh. everything is fucked
0: right now. I mean, there you've been jinxing us for a while talking about things shutting down again. The Delta variant is on the rise. Oh. And yeah, so I'm going to have to talk to my mom again, because I I know she was very (laughs) excited for for her to see me. And I'm just like, we're going to still have to wait and see.
1: Yeah. Well, good thing there is always some good pop available for us to watch right at home, which is what we did this week. Uh, For this episode, we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of Studio Ghibli's Spirited Away, which is a film that um, I personally, I mean... Long-time listeners of this show will know that Studio Ghibli films are my shameful blind spot. Um, I've only seen to this date probably three of them. And it's just, for me, it's one of those things where... You know how there's certain pieces of fiction or pieces of media where you know you're going to love it. So you're not in a hurry to watch it. That's what Studio Ghibli is for me. Yeah,
0: you know, I mean, there's the good things that you wait to watch. And there's also the good things that you know have a little heft to them. And so you have to be in the right frame of mind to pay attention to it and absorb all the goodness from it. Um, sometimes, because of your uh, schedule or your frame of mind, you are n- not able to do that. That is why I stick to my assertion that I will someday watch The Wire, but I have just. <laughs> It's definitely not going to happen during the pandemic. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know when I will. But yeah, I just haven't had the time. But, you know, several seasons of Love Island. Yes. Yes, I can do
1: that. <laughs> trash. You can consume trash all day long. No no oh, guilt yeah. there. But Not filling.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: No, you're right, though. Studio Ghibli films are my wire.
0: But, but I have to say, at least... Uh, smaller discrete portions you don't have to commit to seasons of uh, murder and yeah
1: yeah you have what five seasons yeah at least like a whole like month worth of watching there
0: and it's murder and corruption and drug dealing and just all this stuff so it's it's heavy it's heavy stuff
1: but some top-notch acting
0: yes uh (laughs) so many people have come out of the wire things i know without actually having watched the wire
1: yeah Similar to my experience with Studio Ghibli, (laughs) Uh, but before we get to our discussion on Spirited Away, let's find out what pop culture is beginning through this week. Han, what's popping?
0: Speaking of trash viewing that takes no (laughs) that uh, that has no psychic hold on you or weight on you, um, is another fantastical uh, fair. This one from Netflix. It is a dating show called Sexy Beasts. Uh, It just got released um, today, Wednesday, um, and you can watch it right now. It's very quick, very short. It's the concept is um, it's it's kind of like, well, it's kind of like dating around. Basically, one guy or one girl uh, goes on a date with three people of the opposite sex and they winnow it down to, you know, after the speed round, you know, reject one person, then go on quote unquote longer dates with the other two until you pick one. The twist is that as you can tell by the title sexy beasts, <laughs> it has to do with animals in that not not furries, but every person is uh attired with like very elaborate um prosthetic and makeup applications to make them look like either animals, um, uh mythical creatures or or weird like statues or gnomes or whatever it's it's bizarre um the upside of it i have to say is they technically are saying hey let's do this because let's not judge a book by its cover you know i i you know if you're don't just try to date someone because they're attractive. Try to talk to the person. Look beneath the beast, right? Um, and the nice thing about that is that there's actually a. It's fairly multi, you know, cultural as far as like you can have people not know if someone is black when you're talking to them and realize like, hey, this person actually fits me. Um, they do a good job of covering that, even if the, you you know with makeup hands you know prosthetics and fake fur and stuff like that it's actually kind of funny to see these people talking through like a beaver costume um <laughs> or a woman like stroke her dorsal fin when she's a dolphin um there are also some puns and the uh the narrator is rob delaney from a uh, catastrophe fame <laughs> um so it's kind of wry i would just say though it's kind of bullshit when it's about It's not about superficiality because literally every time someone gets eliminated, then they get to remove their prosthetics and show how hot they are (laughs) and like try to make them regret it. And of course, at the very end, when they when someone is picked, then they're like, I'm very nervous. I hope they're good looking. (laughs) So it's like they and you know what? Everyone is decently good looking. And of course, you know, fit.
1: But what if they're not right? What if
0: that's what I wanted? That's what I really wanted. I mean. Everyone, even the most average looking ones were average of the six variety, you know, out of 10.
1: I mean, here's my question, because the name of the show is Sexy Beasts. Are the costumes sexy, at least? Like, are do they accentuate <laughs> the body or well, are they like literally giant like suits?
0: No. So they're actually wearing clothing, their own clothing, which is also why I'm just like, look, even if you there are there are times when you see someone and this guy's like well this guy this beaver is complimenting (laughs) this uh this pixie for her rocking body because she has a body conscious like dress on um Mm. so i'm just like "Mm." yeah that's
1: where i call bullshit too on this whole concept right yeah 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 like so all you're really saying is i hope their face looks good
0: Right, right 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 and and you know and I mean, credit to most of these people. At least they don't say something like "I hope they're white." Um, but I do have to. I do have to is, say,
1: what, has there been anybody who like is trying to fish? Like, so where are your parents from? No, no, right? no.
0: There's none of that. I think they kind of um, figure out ahead of time that people are open because it really is truly like. Mm. no rhyme or reason as far as we can tell maybe they answered a questionnaire and said how open are you to dating whatever but i do have to say there is one guy who is in a rhino head costume who talks about practicing sexual kung fu and it is no surprise when he is unmasked that he is white so uh kung fu yeah, oh, he talks about Taoist shit. I was just like, I, I wanted to punch him through the screen. Um, most people are fairly dumb and superficial. And what, what are fine. the odds
1: that that man has little kimonos in his closet?
0: Uh, very. I mean, you know he's dated at least four Asian women before. So anyway, um, but it's only six episodes. They're half-hour episodes. They go very quick. So even if you get angry like I did, it goes away very quickly. Um. <laughs> And, you know, I feel like this is kind of a test for them because if it does well, they'll just produce more. So uh, it's Netflix. Uh, It's weirdly. Oh, here's a weird thing. It's set in England. It was shot in England. Not sure why. Um, So that means you get people from the United States and England and you're just like, wait, why are you going to pick the guy from England? Because, like, are you going to still date? or what like i don't understand how this like long distance is supposed to work but then they also have this weird thing where during the elimination ceremony they're in stately sexy beast manner or something and so it's a weird like period drama looking set (laughs) i don't know but anyway uh this sounds
1: like yeah this sounds like some like b-level trash to like what your appetite while you wait for f boy island right
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, and I, let me just tell you, I was so excited. I got the second email saying that now I have all ten episodes of F Boy Island, and I was talking to the publicist. They're like so excited for our coverage, um, but I was like, well, just wait. Salon's coverage may not be the coverage you want. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I mean, it's it's a mix of things. Uh, I think Mass Singer obviously paved the way for ridiculous you know costuming and stuff like that but then also if you watch things like holy moly one of my favorite reality shows on abc it has that heightened (laughs) (laughs) ridiculousity, um where they also have like a you know sir gopher who's in a gopher costume and um there's a there's a painting of him and he's also in a stately manner or something so yeah it doesn't make any sense they're clearly just having fun with it um is the trappings of ridiculousness and uh Anyway, I enjoyed it, but also I was kind of like, bullshit. I was like, I want (laughs) to see some ugly people in there.
1: Yeah. Well, that's not good trash TV, though.
0: (laughs) It's trashy enough. (laughs) Anyway, um, Marvin, what's popping with you?
1: All right. So I haven't really watched much this week besides, uh, well, I watched Black Widow again with my parents and I watched um, Spirited Away. The only other thing I watched was um, so here's the story. My dad loves, like, Much like Han and Jess love trashy dating competition show, reality TV. Uh, my dad loves like just, I don't even want to call them shitty action movies. He just loves action movies in all forms. I feel like like most Asian mm-hmm. parents do, right? He loves anything that stars like action stars, anything that has explosions. So I was looking for something for him to watch. And then I saw, oh, like Steven Soderbergh has a new film. Uh, I didn't realize we, what Steven Soderbergh I was getting. Um, I knew that this was a heist film starring Don Cheeto and Benicio Del Toro, so I thought, oh, maybe it's like an Ocean's Eleven, Steven Soderbergh. Um, I was wrong, but I put on No Sudden Move, um, which is his newest film that's on HBO Max right now, and uh, I was I was wrong about the type of Steven Soderbergh. We got the artsy Steven Soderbergh. Um, it is a heist thriller, but the heist happens in the first like half hour of the film, and it goes bad, and the rest of the film is kind of them trying to figure shit out. And it's more Indian tones, more, like, character study actors. Surprising enough, my dad really likes it. My dad also oh. likes thrillers. Okay. Um, because, like, he loves guessing the twists. And if he gets it right, he's so smug for the rest of the day. He's just like, <laughs> I got it. Um, okay. It's funny. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was an interesting film. Lots of great performances by Don Cheadle, by Benicio Del Toro. Um, Brendan Fraser is almost unrecognizable in this film. He's Ooh. like, Yeah. He he plays like a crime fixer who's like in charge of the the heist, and he's like just so menacing in this film. It's really interesting because because you think of Brendan Fraser, he's like oh like the Mummy, yeah, the Mummy, like Tarzan, right?
0: Blast from the past, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: But this one he's like I can see this as a new direction for him, which is really cool. Um, Interesting.
0: Maybe maybe I'll watch it.
1: Yeah, surprisingly enough, and probably not surprising at this point, um, if you followed his uh, filmography, Ray Liotta kind of just phones it in as the mob boss.
0: Oh, which uh, I feel he like can. he's been
1: kind of doing for the last like few years, right? Uh,
0: I mean, he, he, because he can get away with it, I guess. Yeah, you know, like he and Joe Pesci kind of just <laughs> can do whatever they want, mob wise.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the entire film seems like it's been shot in a fisheye lens, which is interesting—an interesting, An interesting hmm. move. Um, but this is also the man that shot the entire film on like his iPhone, right? So
0: yeah, I mean, Soderbergh's gonna Soderbergh, so.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, Karen Koch is in it still like kind of going down that. Play an asshole role that he's like fallen into um he's great in it um david harbour is in it too that's <laughs> actually had he, great... he's
0: everywhere yeah
1: i actually pointed out that that's um that's the um that's the dad from black widow and my dad was like what <laughs> his mind was blown
0: <laughs> has he seen stranger things
1: he has not uh, my dad has said these nostalgia not 80s nostalgia so i don't think stranger things will do anything for him interesting yeah <laughs> But yeah, it was a pretty solid crime film about a heist gone wrong and what small-time crooks at the bottom of the food chain need to do in order to survive. It has some great performances, like I mentioned, some great cameos too. It does try to touch on themes such as gentrification, redlining, um, development. It does take place in 1950s Detroit, so um, there's a uh, through line about capitalism and corruption in the auto industry. But where the film tries to tackle these bigger picture issues is kind of where it gets a little clunky but when it focuses on its characters and their interactions and their day-to-day and like their personal struggles is when it's really the strongest so um yeah check it out it's on HBO max now on no sudden move um it's not exactly a fun Soderbergh film but does it does have its moments it does have some great scenes of levity and overall it's, uh, it's pretty solid so yeah check it out Um, and with that that'll do it for what's popping for this week we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're talking about one of the all time great Studio Ghibli films Spirited Away stick around And welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. This week we're talking about the Studio Ghibli classic Spirited Away, which is celebrating its 20th anniversary. Uh, Spirited Away, of course, is a film by Miyazaki that tells the story of Chihiro Ogino, a 10-year-old girl who, while moving to a new neighborhood, enters the world of Japanese spirits. After her parents are turned into pigs by the witch Yubaba, Chihiro takes a job working in Yubaba's bathhouse to find a way to free herself and her parents and return to the human world. It was released in 2001 in Japan and became the most successful and highest grossing film in Japanese history, holding the record for 19 years until it was surpassed by Demon Slayer uh, Mugen Train last year in 2020. Um, It was also adapted in English um, by Disney on behalf of Pixar's John Lasseter, which is the version that I actually watched. Because um, I know that HBO Max has the Ghibli collection, so I was trying to find Steered it away, and I ended up watching the dub version because I didn't know how to like. They didn't give me the option to choose Japanese track. Which, um, after discussing with Han, I realized that they, um, they, they, they messed with me. They got me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is not um, actually what's the word uh, intuitive the way they do it. They they default first of all to the dubbed version, and so with most of my um, HBO max or whatever streaming services. I just do a pull down menu and change the, um, the yeah. audio and the subtitles. Whereas this one, you don't wait until you're watching it and to pull down. What you do is before you get to that screen, when you have the uh, title screen, you have to select the version. So it says Japanese or, um, or English or something version. See, then, I didn't so, get that yeah.
1: option. So was it like...
0: Oh, well, no, you have to go to... Basically, where you see the title screen, you don't realize that you can choose it. You have to go, and when you see it, then like... Right, so
1: you're saying there's two Mouse, yeah. separate entries for Spirit of the Way.
0: Well, right. you just see the one screen, but you don't realize you can change it. So you oh. have to, like, I guess, uh, move your cursor around or whatever and realize that you can change it yeah
1: well jokes it's- on me they got up to watch a dub which usually i usually when when we're doing subs versus dubs i'm usually on team subs because um i don't mind subtitles and I kind of want to listen to the original you know track but i got to say the dub version wasn't bad especially for a like a 2001 like early 2000s like japanese anime dub um those are usually kind of trash so I think the fact that it had Disney behind it and they actually had, like, directing behind it, I think, did a lot for it. I mean, um, these days, dubs, there was a lot more care into the performances. But back then, like, you know, I think the reason why a lot of us, at least people my age, are all about subs is because we've been traumatized by, like, really bad dubs when they import anime from Japan to American television.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I grew up watching mainly Subtitles when possible and even when they had no subtitles, I would still watch the Japanese versions of anime (laughs) because the voice acting is great and you want to kind of get the original feel and energy of it. Um, right you also, want to watch
1: the film as Miyazaki intended it right
0: Right and and then I agree like when in the 80s or whatever 90s when I was watching anime a lot of them were like Australian voice actors which they and then they were trying to be American and it was very odd voice acting like kind of bad so I I definitely grew up with that uh watched a lot of foreign films also so I always watched those subtitled um however I I I do agree that people are taking a lot more care nowadays. I will, I have to admit, um, two reasons why I might consider um, watching a dubbed version is A. If I am a critic, sometimes I just don't have time to read the screen while I'm working. (laughs) And if it's a sort of a crappy, hey, Danish uh, TV show that I'm just leaving on in the background, then yeah, I might go for dub. And then the second thing is that um, with the advent of, places like netflix they and uh, that does co-productions they actually often use the same voice actors when possible to do the english dubbing because a lot of european and foreign people know how to speak english oh. so yeah it's, it's kind of interesting because i had talked to a few people who did that and um and yeah they take a lot more care netflix is an international uh, company So they they take more care to cater to each of these countries, which is why you see the zillions of uh, credits (laughs) at the end there. Um, But like I said, I I do usually do subtitled first
1: subs subs win usually subs subs. But like I said, the dubs for this version, pretty good, especially for 2001. Yeah, I'm glad Um, to hear that. Yeah. So before we get started with uh, our discussion of Spirited Away, um, this is a quick spoiler warning. We're going to be spoiling plot points and themes about the movie. And so um, if you haven't watched it yet, like me, um, you should watch it. It's a 20-year-old movie. Um, It's been out for a long time. You can catch it on all the different platforms. You can watch it for free on HBO Max. So check it out. Um, But yeah, let's get to it. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, Studio Ghibli is a very shameful blind spot for me in terms of (laughs) pop culture experience um, and especially Spirited Away. My experience with Spirited Away is this last watch was the first time I've ever seen the film from start to finish in one sitting. Like, I know I've watched the beginning because I remember the part where the parents turned to pigs and I've watched the end But I got to say, like the whole middle part with No Face, I have no recollection ever watching it. Um, My main experience with No Face is him being an internet meme.
0: I was about to say, I think we've seen at least two or three memes with No Face. Number one is the eating um, scene, which I think both Jess and I have used, you know, just to represent ourselves. (laughs) And then um, this, the one where
1: he gets washed away by feels, yes. right? Uh
0: yeah, my my friends and I have used that many times when we say we're drowning in work. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, hey, here's more screeners and then that, that that gift comes up. Um and then the third one is uh on the train with uh Chihiro. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um
1: but the film holds up. It's really great. As expected from Studio Ghibli, lots of attention given to the animation, to the backgrounds, to the scenery, to the shots, to the like the composition. And it was just, I think it being in English actually made it easier for me to follow, especially since the dubbing was pretty solid. I think they actually, um, I read that John Laster and the team at Disney paid special attention to make sure that the voice is synced with the mouth movements,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which is super important because that usually is, is what takes us out of yes. dubs, right?
0: <laughs> when the mouth just keeps on moving. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, there were some kind of cheesy overacting, but I'm sure it was probably the same in the Japanese version too, you know?
0: Yeah, these characters are like not subtle.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what's your experience with uh, with Spirited Away, Han?
0: So I know I saw it in a theater. Um oh, I wish I could see it in the theater. Probably by myself because if I'm thinking of the year right, <laughs> um my my roommate at the time was not into anime. Uh, which is fine. Like I often saw a lot of indie films on my own during that time.
1: But I know I am called it an mm-hmm. anime. But are Ghibli films anime though?
0: Well, it's for the the perception of a my roommate who is just some you know white girl at the time, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's anime uh, because I. It's I still foreign. Don't think- and you have to
1: read subtitles. Right? It's for
0: right exactly. It, it it's not Disney. So um, yeah, exactly. So. I saw it, but you know what? I, I found when I was watching it, I forgot a lot of it too. So, because it is an intense, like, multi layered experience, and there's so many details. Uh, so, I, I think I remembered some of it, but other ones I was just like, I maybe, oh, also just being more mature that you're realizing, like, that's more horrific. Then (laughs) (laughs) like we mentioned as
1: as as you watch films as adults, like, hey, this is about capitalism and exploitation of culture and labor.
0: Yeah. Versus like I was definitely creeped out by certain things, you know, when I initially watched it, just because there are some visuals that are like very disturbing. Um and and you know, just any look, your parents just turning into pigs in in general. (laughs) That's that's kind of scary. That's then horrifying and them lightly joking about eating them. Yeah, that's, that's horrible. So, um, (laughs) but yeah, I, so, but it was probably when it was released. So it literally has been about 20 years since I've seen it. And, um... I'm I'm glad I revisited. Actually, now I'm going to be like, uh, what else do I need to rewatch on HBO Max?
1: Yeah, no, I I'm I, I do want to watch the rest of the Ghibli catalog. So maybe we should do one of these for like *House Moving Castle*. And you know, at some point, I do need to watch *Princess Mononoke*, which I realize it's not a kids' movie.
0: No, I have to say that that one I have probably that and *House Moving Castle* I have the best memories of, and um, as far as like, I didn't forget them as much. <laughs> um, but *Princess Mononoke* is kind of like deep like it's rough it doesn't have the humor uh that this one does and so yeah you'd have to like really buckle in you know for that one
1: yeah i mean yeah getting back to spirited away um i really enjoyed how like I, I know it's been um you know sometimes when you try to pitch a like a, a foreign work to a friend you, you try to you know relate it to things that they know right so people say it's like oh it's like a japanese uh, alice in wonderland um but I really did enjoy how much it was pulling from like Japanese folklore, right? And like like when you're talking about the spirit world, like in Asian terms, it is a pretty messed up place, right? It's a place where you have spiritual beings who don't really care about the sanctity of life or like the the value of life because they're mostly immortal, right? And a place where this just like morals are just different and things are kind of things are kind of horrific. And it was really interesting how in the spirit world, even the beings that look human aren't exactly human. Like, everything is a little off, right? The arms are a little bit too long. The faces are a little too round. Um, the eyeballs are a little too big. And everything just seems a little just scary. right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm by no means an expert on Japanese things. But that's they. there's so many different layers of the spirits that we see here. Because, uh, I mean, I think what you're talking about is like there is... There's a part of Japanese um, mythology and culture that really, I guess, embraces that things are come from a place of evil and and revenge, and that's why you get like J horror <laughs> and stuff like that, which I actually can't watch a lot of it because it disturbs me more than let's say American horror, but uh, but here, yeah the. I mean, part of it is sort of like that sort of Shintoism where everything, you know, has its own spirit. And so if she's going into the spirit realm, you're going to see a spirit of like a leaf or a spirit of another animal or uh, spirits of other things that don't. we usually don't think have spirits like a river. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why everything you're right. Everyone like there's a lot of them that look human, but they're clearly not human because they keep talking about her being a human who stinks so so you're just like well if they're not human then what are they so uh i that's why it's like they disturb me more than the big ones that look like giant ducks and things like that which i yeah. found very cute um or the tiny little frog that had a kimono on which was adorable uh, but He's then kind of everyone- a jerk though I mean, maybe, uh, I, yeah, you're right it's about the, the jerk thing, too, about maybe they don't care about human life. They have their own sort of agenda and whatever it is, it doesn't align with hers and and, and saving her parents uh, from being pigs. So, uh, but I, I also wonder if it's like, maybe it's because we don't care about them <laughs> um, that they're showing that. So that, that's sort of that environmentalism that we we talk a little bit about um, when it comes to Miyazaki. I mean, yeah,
1: I, I feel like, you know, when, when especially when you're talking about spirits with, like, immense power right, who can do whatever they want, human life to them might just look insignificant and, you know, kind of annoying, you know? But at the same time, humans are also what is causing a lot of, Like they've mentioned, like, you guys cause a lot of problems for us, so that's why you're not welcome here. Um, and, you know, Miyazaki's environmental message in this film is not very subtle right it's like very much in your face like the whole scene with the river spirit who became a stink demon like that is pretty on the nose
0: yeah it's pretty gross i mean (laughs) the amount of like junk and pollution and man made yeah and those poo
1: animations like the the you know (laughs) like i'm I'm assuming it's all poo coming off of the spirit like that is like i was kind of cringing because like you know it's squishy and it's viscous and it's like oh it just looked so gross
0: yeah (laughs) um I and yet that wasn't the most disturbing stuff I found in the film.
1: Really? What was more what was what was what was the most disturbing thing for you?
0: I think Hababa and her twin sister. Yeah. Um and the giant baby Bo? Like I I I really <laughs> had a hard time getting a handle on who and what they were and their motivations and they scared the hell out of me. Um well, because in- yeah.
1: Well the interesting thing is so Um, And maybe this is me doing a reading based on, you know, again, as you get older, everything becomes about capitalism and imperialism. And it's interesting that in this Japanese bathhouse, the big boss lady is this witch that wears Western clothing and is essentially like the Westerner using Eastern culture as a way to make money off of tourists.
0: right? Yeah. And she also had a really huge head. Um, well and there, that,
1: that too like obviously she's also some sort of monster
0: and she cha- would change into what looked kind of like a harpy um, which is like a uh, a giant bird with the head of a woman
1: that was actually really cool when, the, yeah, when that was like, cool she scene. wore the cloak and she became the bird like,
0: yeah and, and, and maybe there's like deeper things if i researched it that i would find out about japanese you know mythology or something that would explain her more um, i think no i think her
1: <laughs> character is more she is an allegory for western imperialism and western influence on japanese mm-hmm. culture right because um also the the whole bathhouse thing the whole takes place in the amusement park like yeah it's an interesting commentary now that i've watched it i'm pretty sure this is what he was talking about but like the entertainment industry, especially like physical entertainment industry, requires a lot of labor and a lot of people working in those kitchens, in the bathhouses, in on the floors and like and requires them to kind of like provide pleasure, but not really partake in any of it. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that um, you know, Chihiro has to give up her name to work, right? Like mm-hmm. basically you become you become a cog in the system. Yeah. When you work and in, you know,
0: It's sort of that idea of when they keep saying like, oh, we don't want you humans. You stink and you cause trouble. But you also lure them in with this like sort of carnival and then huge buffet. And and I was just sitting there watching and I was like, I got to admit, I'm probably be like the parents because I was like that much food that like looks and tastes good I probably wouldn't be able to resist um, mm, I and, don't know if I, I
1: would touch food that's been left out well, with no one around though. well
0: look I probably wouldn't I, I would like to say that I'm like Chihiro and be that able to that food is
1: roofied for sure
0: and, and be able to deny myself everything but I also feel like there's something in that environment that made the parents also lose their ability to critically think because mm. I mean, I think her being a child is, of course, a message um, from Miyazaki (laughs) uh, (laughs) that she has not been spoiled like the parents have, Um, and and well, yeah, yeah. because
1: the dad was like, "Don't worry about it. I have money. I can money can take care of anything." Right?
0: Right? 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 In in his mind, it kind of made it okay. So, like, we're not going to steal. We're not going to do this, but, you know, it's right there. So we're, we might just as well eat. It. we're just
1: buying it. We're just eating on credit. It's on credit. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know, what I what I thought was cool, um, we were talking about this offline for a bit, was because it's 20th anniversary and um, looking back to see how it actually still works very well. And I know, yes, it's animation, but at the same time, and, and it's also fantasy, but I think also it just doesn't feel dated. Um if you, yeah, it
1: stands yeah. up really well, and I think a lot of it is like you know, our perception of and a lot of it is the reason why Miyazaki made this film right? like I, I was reading the Wikipedia and he, he was inspired to read this film because I guess he took a trip up in the mountains with a friend and his like daughters, and he was reading the the media that like the shojo manga that they the girls were reading and realizing they're all about female heroes, but their entire character revolved around having crushes on boys. And he wanted to make a a story about a girl that other girls can look up to as like a heroic figure that has nothing to do with boys because this is a, this is an animated film like a lot of Ghibli films that has little to no romance really like there's there's talk of love but I don't think it's like romantic no
0: it's it seems to be very like friend love platonic
1: and you compare that to like its contemporary films in the Disney canon which is all princesses getting saved by princess like yeah. It's no wonder that like, and I feel like Spirited Away has Ace way better than a lot of like the Princess films. You know, they're still yeah. classics, but like in terms of that, like, their messaging, like Spirited Away's message still holds, right?
0: Yeah, and and Chihiro ends up saving the boy, so <laughs> she she is she um, Miyazaki flips it that sort of trope on its head. Uh, And I feel like when it came to the earlier princess films, like you're saying, they're usually saved by princes with the exception of like maybe Mulan. Um, Nowadays, Disney princess films have kind of figured out how to do it better. (laughs) (laughs) But this one was doing it in 2001. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I really like Chihiro because at first I was like, I don't know, girl, this seems like a real, I'd run. (laughs) Her reacts.
1: her like, they're... The animations of her reactions are all very, very good. I mean, they're they're yes. they're over exaggerated, but very, very like it's she's so expressive, you know.
0: Yeah, I like that. She, I mean, she was also just like game for stuff. Like, yes, she had a moment when she was kind of crying and cowering, but then afterwards she kind of got over it and was just uh, a person of action. So I, I don't know. I just I liked her so much. <laughs> I think Miyazaki generally does that better when it comes to, uh, it's it's not an unusual thing to have girls as his main character who are str- not just strong in the typical sort of militant way that um, Western um, audiences try to put women or girls forth if they're heroes, um, sort of like in the Hunger Games sort of situation. So, yeah, I... I... <sighs> Like between this and like Kiki's Delivery Service. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's just that in general. And also it gives us way more people to dress up as.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's really like I've as I've been watching more of Miyazaki's catalog, I've been really appreciating not only his like artistic vision, but also the way that he writes stories and the way he like, again, these are animated films that play kind of like live action films, right? In the way that they're, Mm -hmm. they're shot in the way that they're, portrayed of you know of course it would be hard to adapt this into live action because of all the, the weird looking creatures <laughs> in the film but I'm not surprised that this film has held up um so well and I'm not surprised that it's so well regarded and that it, it was the like the most blockbuster film in in Japanese film history until until a year ago again it, it makes me very very sad that like I waited till 2021 like 20 years after the film came out to finally watch it from front to finish. But, but I'm glad that I did, you know?
0: Yeah. I think it's one of the pinnacles of, uh, I mean, obviously most people agree of the Miyazaki Ghibli, uh, (laughs) over. Um, and I think it's because it, I, I understand why people compare it to Alice in Wonderland because she goes into a magical world and then comes back into the real, her real world. And, um, and it's after having like outwitted and like, you know, and there are transformations and scary things that happen. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's it. I love how it's also so purely Japanese um, and things that we don't even have names for in the Western world. Like, what are those little soot creatures? Um, <laughs> and, and, and 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 I don't even think that necessarily those things exist like in a known way in Japanese you know culture yeah. like that maybe they just know because of shintoism that everything is going to be a, have a spirit so they probably just like I mean they kind of just, just
1: lampshaded it with like oh, it's just magic yeah, it. yeah, yeah i have magic i can give i can make these uh, live or die you know
0: yeah and and the animation is so beautifully detailed that that also helps um you, both you and i really love fantasy and I think Miyazaki does fantasy in such an incredible way that we don't see in Western culture because mm-hmm. Western culture often has to be like, it's in a castle. and it's nice you know, and
1: dragons. It's, it's, it's about it's, quests. Yeah, it's European. You
0: know? It's European, right? Yeah. Um, the type of fantasy they do. Whereas this fantasy and every single Miyazaki film, the fantasy is totally different from, from another one. Yeah, And um, so I do think that like, would it i think you were about to mention at some point like you would never see this as live action which i could i probably agree except if it were done as a conceptual stage show i think <laughs> i think that might be interesting i don't know what maybe get yeah, the lion king lady on it maybe, but maybe. uh by the way i'm so dumb I, I i wasn't the uh only one i thought of it uh, spirit away is going to be on, adapted on stage is it? Yeah, yeah. Is that a new uh,
1: thing or has that already happened?
0: No, no. It it will be. Um, it will have its world premiere in Tokyo in 2022. Wow. Um, and the Tony and uh, Olivier winning director John Caird is going to write and direct productions. So, holy crap! I want to. I want to go see it in. Well, wherever I can see it, whenever. <laughs> uh, it'll be on Disney
1: Plus at some point, probably. No, no,
0: no, no. I, I want to see it actually on stage. Oh, so well, let's hope by 2022 I can.
1: Let's, let's hope in. we can go back to Japan by then.
0: Yeah, that would be you. nice.
1: Yeah. Huh. All right. Um, I want to talk really quick about No Face because, <laughs> yes. like I mentioned, um, he was like I knew of No Face. I did not watch his scenes until for the until like today when I watched this film was the first time I've ever seen any of his scenes, and that those those that's, that's pretty terrifying. I didn't realize he was, like, such a like a monstrous figure in the film.
0: Right, because if you had only known him from the memes, it's less kind of like, well, sort of faceless, sort of, like, frozen mask of a person who has, like, a sort of a willowy silhouette. And that's all you see. Yeah. Whereas he goes through transformations. Um, I, I do have to say, going back into the real world, one of my favorite things I've ever seen was... Um, a, I think it was a little Japanese girl dressed up like No Face, <laughs> who um, scared the hell out of her classmates, uh, <laughs> which I thought was the best, best that's, costume ever. That's pretty amazing, yeah. And I was like, give her a prize, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, I also at one of the Comic Cons I attended, um, there was No Face walking around, and um, and one of, and I was with one of my friends, and he gave my friend some gold nuggets. And she's like, oh, is it for me? And I'm like, no, don't take it. <laughs> <'Cause>
1: He's <they laughs> going to eat you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had to explain. I'm like, no, 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 no. You, she, He offers it, but then you give it back. Like, just yeah, <laughs> refuse it. Um, but yes, because, because of the uh, no face being, well, cap, well, greed and consumerism himself, but then also being a capitalist sort of like conduit, well yeah
1: like i was trying so like (laughs) as an adult watching this you know animated children's movie i was trying to like okay what is miyazaki trying to say here right because obviously the whole bathhouse is kind of his critique on um consumerism and capitalism um but no face like he starts off as kind of like all he wants is jihiro to like him right Mm -hmm. (laughs) that seems like his entire like character arc um but he doesn't know how to act like he seems like to me he read as someone with like extreme like maybe social anxiety who like doesn't know like how to like be social so he takes cues from what's around him right essentially who he eats and who like how he sees other people act and he sees other people like oh they love gold you must love gold i must have gold everyone loves to eat oh like he's in this place of decadence right so he's all about like okay so i gotta like i gotta be what other people are
0: Right. He did become of his ability right yeah he didn't become bad at first because like first of all he's just he's following Chihiro. he's kind of yeah. interested in her she she seems to be fairly pure but it's not until the frog takes <laughs> like that one little nugget and then he starts like and everyone else is into the goal so then he eats the frog and then um and then he takes on the frog's you know sort of like personality. And uh, and then the the other people you know are going for the gold too. So yeah, you're right. Like he he's a no face, I guess in a way is sort of like no no desires, no personality at that point. Um, he's just a pure being until he is exposed to these people and yeah, uh, comes corrupt.
1: <laughs> and then that mouth is I'm st- <laughs> still skeeving me out right now.
0: <laughs> well, it's also the mouth because it's under the face. Right, So you're, it, it's, <laughs> it looks like his neck is opening up
1: because the uh, mask also has emotions right because the mask obviously can smile and frown so is that a um, is that not his mouth also like I, I don't know like no. like we mentioned this is like these are um abstract beings so we cannot uh we cannot assign human characteristics to these monsters right. because they are not human
0: right but man I gotta say no face with context. Is less scary to me than without because, like, I remember, you know, what just looking, I would probably be creepy out if someone dressed as no face and came to my door for Halloween. Oh, but he's so cute uh, in the memes. Yeah, the <laughs> memes are great. You can stay in the memes. Um, I think it'd be hilarious if I dressed as no face. I just don't want to see him approaching me. Um, mm, that's true.
1: <laughs> he does kind of give like creepy stalker vibes in the beginning.
0: Yeah, right. But, you know, because you see him, like, because at the beginning of
1: the film, you see him on the bridge like in the background but kind of just staring at chihiro
0: right he's just there it i don't know it it is creepy but yeah i have an affection for him um I, I, maybe maybe i identify more with him than want him to see (laughs) want to see him who
1: is creepier no face or yubaba
0: oh i think yubaba (laughs) um i i i think probably for good reason that the way they animate her uh with the gross proportions there is a grotesqueness to her um which is why even when we meet her twin sister who ends up being very kind i still was like distrustful and i was like <laughs> uh why is she being so nice why are you taking this don't take that you <laughs> know and i didn't really understand that um maybe th- this is also when when there is a turning point in the film and if i like, but watch they're twins. Don't
1: you have like twin compassion or twin empathy with the twins? Not
0: always. That, that, <laughs> I I mean, I'm always fascinated by the way twins are portrayed. And the fact that they have a sort of rivalry is interesting. So maybe it's like the Wicked Witch of the East and West and um, how one killed the other to get her shoes. <laughs> um, so maybe that's the case here. So maybe as soon as I realized Yubaba was horrible, I should have been like, her twin's probably nice. I also just don't know why she's living with a big baby and the big it's baby. It's her is, baby though, right? I don't know. But also the the baby, I do have to admit, was the creepiest because he's <laughs> so giant, so giant and then occasionally talks like I didn't know what like that's out of my nightmares. Um, yeah. Is Bo, is Bo her baby?
1: I'm pretty does, sure he is. Does that make
0: Bo Zaniba's nephew?
1: Yeah but who is the father who is the father <laughs> who is the father <laughs> this is
0: this is just these are deep. questions
1: we have for for mr miyazaki please answer these in the sequel i guess or the prequel i
0: i also i need to look for it because i also think i had a um uh a haku um neck pillow <laughs> which, which, which—like Haku as a dragon or Haku as a boy? As a dragon, <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, not as a boy. Which that would be weird too. Um, but also appropriate in some way <laughs> for the for the world of Miyazaki. But uh, yeah, and 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 then I realized once I got it, I was like, I'm probably not going to use it because my neck, like oils and stuff, will make it dirty because it's like nice and white and pristine. Uh, <laughs> so it's just like—it's
1: one of those things you buy for display purposes yeah for display yeah, purposes for, only
0: for my my cred basically
1: <laughs> so yeah i guess um we should start wrapping up our discussion um gotta ask is spirited away good pop
0: it's great pop not only one of the best miyazakis but probably a movie that i think most people need to see uh for its i think it is a classic. Um, an instant classic where I think most people could benefit from watching this type of s- narrative but then also just it's so gorgeous so pretty and and just like such I am 100% into fantasy worlds that are fully realized
1: yeah a lot of great scenes where you're just looking out into like this fantastical landscape right when when the city floods and becomes a sea when um like when they're walking down a train track that's partially submerged like there's a lot mm-hmm. of really great um. Even, like, the chaos of the bathhouse. Like, yeah. there's a lot going on in the backgrounds of a lot of scenes in this film. And it's just so, like, I don't know how they do it. Like, those <laughs> animators are probably, like, I don't know how, like, you know. Because it seems like it's hand-drawn, right? This film was hand-drawn.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and even nowadays, I think a lot of things are conceptualized hand-drawn first uh, yeah. before being animated in any other way but yeah i i there were definitely some times that i realized i missed the dialogue because i was looking at the background and i wasn't (laughs) reading the subtitles so you know again maybe i need to like learn not a problem if
1: you're listening to dubs
0: (laughs) that see again another (laughs) reason why um i was actually on a reddit thread recently where someone was asking i'm finally going to watch spirited away which versions should i watch and you know there was a debate over it and some person actually just said, why don't you watch the dub version first, just so you get the gist of it. And so when you watch the, you know, sub version, you can actually like pay attention to everything else, <laughs> <laughs> which made sense to me.
1: Yeah, definitely good pop. Um, I'm glad I finally got to watch it from start to finish. Another film off my Miyazaki uh, Studio Ghibli to watch list. No more feeling shameful that I haven't watched Spirited Away because now I have watched <laughs> Spirited Away. I'm very proud of myself right now. I, I do need to go you. back and watch it with subs though. Yeah just to I'm get proud the full
0: experience. Of, yeah. I'm <laughs> proud of you, Marvin. <laughs>
1: thank you. Thank you. And with that, that'll do it for this episode of the Good Pop Culture Club. Um, Han, if people want to find out more of your thoughts, where can they go?
0: I am on Twitter at Hanonymous
1: and you can find me on Twitter at Marvin Uet. and you can find our show at Good Pop Club we are a proud member of the Potluck Podcast collective a collective of Asian host podcasts you can check out our fellow Potluck pods by going to the website podcastpotluck.com we'll be back next week with our July edition of Do We Want This? which is our monthly news roundup as well as our first Go Asian Olympics edition so, um, so yeah we'll see you all next week bye everyone bye